Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Hope you're well. Hope you enjoyed the July 4th weekend, day off, however it kind of worked into your schedule. A lot to talk about this week. You know, the legislative session here in Texas wrapped up about a month ago, but still some reverberation, if you will, some discussion about what happened. And a great place that you're going to see discussion about what happened during the legislative session is the Texas Faith, Family, and Freedom Policy Forum, which is going to take place on September 6th and 7th at Great Hills Baptist Church in the greater Austin area. This is a statewide event. We'll have speakers from all around the country, as a matter of fact. Uh, but So we're hoping people will travel in. It's a two-day event, so to speak. Um, half the day on Friday and a good chunk of the day on Saturday. And just so you're aware... The event's going to end at 4 o'clock on Saturday, so we're in no way going to get in the way of that big University of Texas Longhorn game with LSU. So as a proud graduate of the University of Texas, we're well aware of that and certainly took that into note. But so plenty of time to finish up. And look, you want to grab tickets, you better get them now to that Texas LSU game. But if you want to grab tickets and go there after the policy forum, hey, I'm all about encouraging that. There's no doubt. But the show is about faith, family, and freedom. If you've heard us before, if you're new to the show, we talk about those issues as they relate to the areas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And that's why I'm excited to have our guest today, Matt Sharp, is our guest today on the Texas Values Report. He serves as Senior Counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom, where he directs the Center for Legislative Advocacy and Litigation. He joined the team of ADF in 2010. He is a proud graduate of Vanderbilt University School of Law and a dear friend and active on so many issues that we care about, not only around the country, but in the great state of Texas. Matt, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Thanks for having me on. Well, look, Matt, you and I have... I've had the pleasure, I would say, I don't know how it feels for you, of working together with you. Now, I'm sure you share that to some degree. You and I have seen a lot of things happen in policy areas, but certainly in the courts when it relates to religious liberty, it relates to issues of biblical views on marriage and sexuality. And one of the cases that's got a lot of attention on this issue is the case of the cake baker, Jack Phillips. Now, many of us are aware that a year or so ago, Jack Phillips won a landmark decision at the U.S. Supreme Court on the issues of religious liberty, making it clear that there are limitations to what the government can do when they try to punish you because of your religious beliefs, specifically on the issues of marriage. Now, Jack Phillips, you know, there's been a second lawsuit, but I think there's even now been a third lawsuit. Tell us the latest on this issue with Jack Phillips and his efforts to try to keep the government from punishing because of him because of his views. Yeah, I think we all know Jack. We, we've seen his story. He is an incredibly talented cake designer who gladly serves everyone that walks into his shop. But there's just certain types of custom cakes, certain messages that he cannot celebrate without violating his conscience. And this ranges from everything from celebrating Halloween or advocating for marijuana or illegal drugs to declining to create a cake for a same-sex couple that walked into his shop. And so he that case went all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court clearly held that the state of Colorado was engaging in hostility against him when it brought charges against him for declining to create that cake. Well, almost uh, just a few weeks after winning at the U.S. Supreme Court, Jack finds himself subject to a second lawsuit by the state of Colorado, this time 
for declining to create a cake celebrating a gender transition. Uh, it was an individual wanted a cake that was, I think, blue on the outside and pink on the inside to show that uh, this individual was coming out as the opposite sex. And Jack, again, as uh, happened with the same-sex marriage cake, politely declined to create it and just said, that's not something I feel I can help celebrate. He was sued by Colorado, and we pushed back and we're saying, look, this is the exact same type of hostility the Supreme Court just struck down. And so we got the state of Colorado to dismiss that case. We thought that was the end of it. And yet here we are uh, less than a year later, and now Jack is facing a third lawsuit from that individual that had requested that cake. So going straight against Jack, straight against the shop, saying, you discriminated against me based on my gender identity because you would not help me create this custom cake celebrating my gender transition. So, and just so everyone knows, Matt Sharp will be one of our speakers at the Policy Forum on September 6th and 7th. You'll get a chance to interact with him, ask him some questions, and have some interesting exchanges as it comes to these issues. There'll probably be a new development on this issue come September. You know, Matt, it's interesting because... Usually when you win a case at the U.S. Supreme Court, the mindset for people is, okay, that issue's been settled. Let's move on to the next thing. And a lot of times that is the case. Now, you and I know that sometimes the U.S. Supreme Court makes decisions and they can be procedural in nature or they can be limited. And so and I think that's a, a part of what's going on here. And while that was an important victory for Jack Phillips, it's very clear the other side, number one, does not respect the authority and the ruling of the U.S. Supreme Court, even though they want the rest of us to when it comes to the issue of same-sex marriage. But they also want to continue to engage in this efforts to find ways to get the government or other people to punish Christians that are trying to operate their private businesses and don't want to be punished because issues that relate to their conscience. And to your point, they serve all people, but when it comes to the type of messages or the way that they want their creative arts to be used, they don't want the government forcing them to do it a certain way. And as you mentioned, it relates to other issues, too. It's not just the issue of, of marriage or sexuality. But it does appear that there's this, whether it's coordinated, this direct effort to try to get at Jack and really kind of, and I think they see, oh, if we can take him down because he's gotten so much attention, then that will surely scare other people from wanting to do the same. And as you and I know, there are already people that have the same views as Jack that have left the cake baking and creative arts businesses because they don't want to have to deal with all the trouble and the risk of having to go up to the U.S. Supreme Court to support and defend their First Amendment rights. Yeah. You know, you look at an individual like Jack, because of the case, he lost 40 percent of his business. Um, He had several of his employees that he, because of that loss of business, had to let go. I mean, he has suffered immensely for the stand he took, but he continued to fight because it was the right thing to do. He recognized he was standing not just for himself, but for the freedom of every American to be able to freely live out their faith without the government coming in and telling them what they must do, what they must create, how much they must run their business. And despite a victory, here he is, not twice, but three times now facing a lawsuit over essentially the exact same circumstances of his declining to create a custom cake for a celebration that he disagrees with, that violates his religious convictions. And this shows that 
they are not going to tolerate a win by Jack. They are going to continue to come after him again and again and again and other creative professionals like him because this is not about access to goods and services. Again, Jack serves everyone. But this is about sending a message that people like Jack with certain convictions are not welcome. And it's more important than ever for people like Jack and, and all of us to stand with him in these battles. Well, and look, we've seen the cases already or the, the articles and news stories where – there have been people that are homosexual or that support same-sex marriage that are in the creative arts business, and they've been approached to bake cakes that celebrate traditional marriage, and they've refused to do it. And they've made it very clear. They think they have every right to do it. They've tried to make a big deal about it. How dare anyone ever ask them to do that? And they obviously do not want the First Amendment to apply to everyone. They only want it to go one way. And, you know, that's unfortunate, but it's not a surprise. And so I think, you know, we see this coordinative effort, um, even though the Supreme Court, I think, made it very clear, not only in the same-sex marriage decision a few years ago to some extent, but now in the Jack Phillips case at the U.S. Supreme Court, that there are limitations to what the government can do. And when it comes to people's religious and, and rights of conscience on these issues, that is not about what you know, it comes to when someone wants to live out their lifestyle. They want to live out their lifestyle, even though you and I may disagree with that or we don't think it's biblical. You know, that's a decision they make. It's a whole other thing when they try to force somebody else to be engaged in it or to celebrate it as they're trying to do. And not only that, but in this issue, Matt, we, we now see the so-called transsexual or transgender issue. We're not even talking about an issue of marriage where you have a constitutional right to marry that's been established in the courts for quite some time. I don't know that there's any constitutional right to transition from a man to a woman. What can you tell us about what the courts have said about that? Yeah, you know, obviously adults can make their own decisions and are free to do so, but in terms of requiring others to celebrate those decisions, to use pronouns consistent with someone's decision about what gender they identify with, you know, I think the courts are going to come down on the side of freedom. That if, if I'm forced, whether I'm, you know, Jack Phillips and forced to create a cake to celebrate a transition or uh, we representing a, a college professor that's being told he must use inaccurate pronouns for his students, things that are biologically not truthful, and he's required to use those. We're going to see these cases where individuals are being told, you must affirm someone's gender identity. If a boy thinks he's a girl, you must call him a girl and let him play on girls' sports teams and use female pronouns and all of this. But we're starting to see these pushbacks from society. Uh, we've got a, a recent action we just filed with the U.S. Department of Education on behalf of three female athletes in Connecticut that were denied opportunities denied places on the podium because boys were allowed to compete. So I think we're going to see this growing societal pushback against the gender identity movement and especially how it's impacting so many other Americans from Jack to female athletes to a college professor as well. Well, and let's step back for a second too, Matt. You and I know we have worked together on the issues of laws regarding sexual orientation and gender identity. When the law or the government at some level puts those four words or some version of them, SOGI as we call them uh, sometimes as an acronym for sexual orientation, gender identity, when they are placed in some type of law or government policy, that usually sets up an opportunity, and sometimes that's the intention, we know, to set up this type of conflict. 
And that is the basis of this issue in Colorado from when it began with Jack Phillips and a lot of these issues that are coming up is because you've got government officials at one level or the other that have put in place these sexual orientation and gender identity, these SOGI policies that then allow them to come in and say, well, you're violating the law, so we're now going to punish you. We went a step further during our legislative session here in Texas, and some of them because of how egregious and what they um, – um, related to, we called them ban the Bible bills, Matt, because, and, and a part of that was about helping people understand from a messaging point of view, but also from a fundamental point of view. If the government is going to punish you because of your biblical beliefs, if you can't go see a counselor because and, and pray with them or look at what the Bible says on these issues, the government is effectively banning the Bible. And so I think it's important for people to continue to understand the root of these conflicts in many ways is these new laws that the advocates on the other side are pushing to add the word sexual orientation, gender identity. The more these allowed to get in law, the more you're going to have seen people of Christian and many other faiths as well have the, the government try to punish them on these issues. Yeah. You know, those SOGI laws, you're exactly right, Jonathan, have become a sword that is being used against people's faith, against people like Jack Phillips and Baron L. Stutzman. And a lot of us forget that some of these laws have been on the books for decades, and they sort of laid low, and then once the cultural momentum got behind them, they struck out and were using them to go after these individuals we're talking about. I think every pastor needs to know that eventually it's going to be them. It's going to be their churches, and they're going to and their ministries. We can't lay low and think, oh, those laws will never come after me. They're never going to apply to our churches. It's clear where the target is. It's to go after people of faith and churches and ministers, and that's why we've got to oppose these. Whether they're applying to Jack or to a church, these laws are a threat to religious liberty and the freedom of all Americans to live out their faith. Well, that's right. Look, I mean, there are people, like I mentioned, you know, the homosexual cake baker doesn't want to make a cake that celebrates traditional marriage. Even though I might disagree with that, I think there might be some common ground, so to speak, where we could say, all right, the Constitution protects you. If, if, we're, if that's the way things are going to go, you don't want to bake that type of cake. Well, don't force Jack Phillips to bake a cake that he doesn't agree with. But that's not how they've wanted to apply it. And, you know, look, to your point about pastors, you're absolutely right. We're talking with Matt Sharp, Senior Counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom, um, a tremendous national organization that litigates on these issues of marriage, of sexuality, of religious liberty, that protects Jack Phillips and many others on these issues locally here in Texas. We had the pastors that had their sermons subpoenaed several years ago in Houston. The subject of that was a SOGI law in Houston and the fact that pastors were speaking against it from the pulpit. We've got a church here in the greater Austin area, Celebration Church, that's been targeted by some protesters because they feel like there's a local policy on SOGI that should be able to disqualify from the church that meeting in a government building. They've not been successful so far, but that is part of the root of some of this. And so I think we're going to see more of those. That's why it's important for people of faith to not think these issues are not going to touch them. They're going to be used. That, I mean, that is part of the goal is to penetrate the four walls of the church, if you will, as well. And to have people sort of ostracized. And look, we know that the Supreme Court is, is sort of taking a break during the summer, but a lot, a lot of issues are going to heat up in the fall. And, you know, our state legislative session's over. You're coming to speak at our policy forum. Tell people why it's important to come out to these events so they can start to get educated and understand how these issues can impact them personally and in their own communities. Yeah, I'd, I'd say two things in particular. Number one, 
we're going to get a good overview of what's going on across the country, including a, a case uh, ADF is taking to the Supreme Court that's going to be heard in October on this issue of SOGI and whether a uh, family-held funeral home in Michigan can be forced to uh, abandon its its long-held dress code as it relates to a man that was identifying as a woman and how that case could impact gender identity across the country and impose it nationally if we don't get a win. So one, to, to know what's going on across the country. But number two, to get equipped and to know how to fight these, to understand the messaging and the talking points and the arguments of how SOGI's harm not just people of faith, but everybody. From the young female athlete at a Texas school that finds herself denied a scholarship because a boy was allowed to compete, to a adoption agency that's forced to shut down because it can't operate consistent with its beliefs. So we just want to equip everyone that comes with what's going on and how they can be best prepared to fight against these very harmful laws for all Americans. Well, look, and we can win. We won at the Supreme Court with Jack Phillips. Uh, and I say collectively, we, uh, on this issue, Alliance Defending Freedom was representing Jack Phillips. Um, but we can win. We can win there. We can win at the local level. We defeated one of these Sojis in Laredo recently. We defeated all of the ban the Bibles, sexual orientation, gender identity bills that were filed um, at the state legislature. But we can't just take those wins and say, okay, well, then let's move on to another issue. They're popping up all over the place. we got to beat them, and we got to win everywhere we can. And that's a reason why you got to support our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom. Matt Sharp has been our guest today, senior counsel from ADF. Matt, I look forward to seeing you in September. You as well. All right. God bless you, sir. Appreciate you. What a great opportunity to have Matt on there in the middle at Alliance Defending Freedom on some of the biggest, most important battles that relates to our issues of faith, family, and freedom. And they're putting it on the line every single day. Continue to pray for Matt and his team A lot going on, okay, across the state of Texas. We sort of caught our breath for a minute for 4th of July, and rightly so. But, you know, as soon as you try to take a break to celebrate America, you have these people come out disrespecting the flag. You've got, I think, a city up in Minnesota that no longer wants to say the Pledge of Allegiance at the beginning of their meetings. What are we talking about here? And not only that, we had a development here in Leander in the greater Austin, Central Texas area, where a drag queen storytime show got uh, canceled by the Leander City Library. And then you had another group pick it up, but the drag queens ended up not being a part of that event, thankfully, because of pushback from local residents. But that issue's not over. Dallas, the city of Dallas, one of their libraries is having a drag queen show on Saturday. I am not kidding you. When this issue, this drag queen event is being listed at the public library, the way it's listed is that it's appropriate for children. And and I have to check my notes here just to make sure I'm accurate on what was being said. But my recollection is it was not just about kids in elementary school. It also included children. And let me make sure I'm reading this. Um, As appropriate for age groups from infants... I-N-F-A-N-T. That's a baby. Infants to 11 years old. Let me be clear. All right. Whoever at the Dallas Public Library decided that this drag queen show event was appropriate for babies needs to be fired. Okay. And that event is being held on Saturday, July 13th. And um, go to our website to check out the location of this event. If you had a uh, a thought of attending a Dallas Public Library this weekend, don't go. 
Okay, let me be absolutely clear. All right, and if and, and we didn't even post the pictures of these drag queen uh, performers on our Facebook page because and many of them because they just made, they're 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 not appropriate. They're they're outlandish. They're very concerning. You're talking about drag queen adult entertainers that typically are involved at venues that children cannot go. I don't know what the age restrictions are. I think you probably have to be 21 just to go to these events where they perform. And look, we know these places typically include nudity. I mean, that is a part of this lifestyle and culture of a drag queen. Why it is that they're now having this show, an event at the public library, should be a concern to everyone across the state of Texas. But be aware of that. And I imagine there will be a response to that, um, and that's going to be happening on July 13th at a Dallas Public Library. So stay away, be concerned. But here's what's interesting. When a version of this event happened in Leander, guess who was not allowed? As much as they tried to say, they said, well, we're inclusive. We just want everyone to feel comfortable. That's why we're having these drag queen events at public libraries. Guess who was not allowed to attend? The media. What are they hiding? You have to wonder. And look, at a lot of their drag queen shows, they're not hiding a whole lot from what we can tell. You know, when you talk about them being connected to nudity and, you know, look, you could some might make an argument about the constitutional right for them to be involved in these type of activities, but not at the public library during the day. There are reasonable time, place and manner rules that government entities can place. And that has always been a part of our constitutional law at the U.S. Supreme Court, or has been for decades. Tremendous concern there. All right, so the Texas Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum Policy Forum is going to be held on September 6th and 7th. I am super excited about this event. This is the second year we're doing it. We're going to do it every year. We started it last year. The event sold out. Some of the best, most interesting, and most relevant speakers of our day are going to be there. You heard just a little bit of a blip from uh, Matt Sharp from ADF. He will be there in person. But you also have one of the newest congressional members from the state of Texas, Chip Roy, who's lighting up social media and Twitter and really the media in general in the political landscape because of the strong stance he's taking for common sense policies at in Washington. This is the former chief of staff for Ted Cruz. So he's seen a thing or two when it comes to these issues in D.C. and what needs to change. Also there, Candy Noble is going to be there, one of our freshman state representatives who just helped pass a very important pro-life law. The author of the Born Alive Infant Protection Act just passed at the legislature and signed into law. Jeff Leach is going to be there. (coughs) One of our newest, if not the newest, Texas Supreme Court Justice uh, Brett Busby is going to be there. Go to TXValues.org. Get your tickets today. And I don't know if I announced it in the last show. Big announcement. We got somebody from the Trump administration from D.C. of all places. That will be there. Eric Treen is a U.S. Department of Justice lawyer and is in charge or is one of the leaders in protecting us from religious discrimination. He will be there at the Texas Faith, Family, and Freedom Policy Forum on September 6th and 7th. That's at Great Hills Baptist Church. Let me just hold this up for a second. This event will sell out. All right, It sold out last year, and there's a private dinner connected with it on Friday night. That sold out real early. So don't wait around. And I think tickets are like 20 or 25 bucks. Very affordable. 
and you don't want to miss out. And um, so a lot of great speakers, a few that I didn't mention, go to the website to see more about that. But you don't want to miss your chance. And like I said, I know it's a football weekend. I didn't check everybody else's schedule. I did check A&M. They have a game. I know that A&M has an away game, and I think it's an evening game. I forget who they're playing. I think they're playing uh, Auburn or, or, or another team in the SEC. But UT is playing a huge game that night, all right? For against LSU, against the SEC, but it's at 7 o'clock, all right? Plenty of time to come to our Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum from 1 to 5 on Friday, 9 to 4 on Saturday, and get out of there and get over to Daryl K. Royal, Texas Memorial Stadium. That's important to me because I'm going to watch the game. I will not be going to that game. Uh, I'm hoping to go to a different game, but I'll try to be watching it on television. But we want you to get educated on these issues. We're bringing to you Elected officials, practitioners, people with public stories. You got to hear this guy. Ken Williams is one of the leaders of the Once Gay Change Movement. This is a collection of folks that have sold out for Christ, but were in the gay movement, the LGBT movement. They were practicing homosexuals and they got their life changed. They were motivated to either come back to their Christian faith or invest in it. And now they're living a biblical life. Many of them have families. People want to believe that just doesn't happen. You're born this way. Don't listen to me. Listen to Ken Williams. you got to hear him talk about it. And he's not the only one. There's a whole book of these folks. Ken Williams will be at the Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum. I saw him speak about a year ago at a conference. I don't remember where it was, D.C. or New York. It's phenomenal. Okay, you got to come and listen to this, folks. So we're about to run out of time. I just also want to mention to you, we hit all of our um, goals when it came to fundraising for the end of our fiscal year at the June. All right. Thank you so much. We actually got a little bit above what our goal was. Phenomenal response from you and many people that support us. Now is the time to not have to make such a big gift. Become a monthly supporter. That's how we sustain and know what our budget can be. Go to txvalues.org. Make a tax-deductible donation today. We want to sell, uh, support our friend and, and one of our so- sponsors of this radio show this week is two different shooting range. One is here in the Central Texas area, and that is Eagle Peak Shooting Range. It's on 20026 Lindemann Lane, and it's actually in Leander. And then... In Garland, this is also a shooting range that is controlled and owned by the same uh, individual. That Garland shooting range is on 2606 Pleasant Valley Road in Garland. Check it out. All right, some great venues out there. You're going to want to, you know, if this is what you do, I've been out to the one in Eagle Peak in Leander fantastic facilities. Check them out today. They are our sponsors of this week's Texas Values Report. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.